بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف المرسلين سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لصدري ويسر لأمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته وعليكم السلام ورحمة الله وبركاته السلام شيخ how are you doing? الحمد لله ثم الحمد لله Sheikh Muhammad West, the man, the myth, the legend. Sheikh Irshad Sadiq, the the man, the myth, the racer, the runner. MashaAllah, Sheikh. It's always a pleasure to see you. Always a pleasure to be in your company. Zakhla Khair for inviting me to your platform. No, Barakallah. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us. Sheikh, what inspired me to do this well first and foremost this is a long time coming alhamdulillah we've had a working relationship for quite some time we've taught together yes. we've hosted programs together etc and mashallah you you do amazing work in the community may Allah increase you uh, both at the Burhanu uh, Masjid as well as you work with Al-Kawthar so um, when I saw you doing this workshop on the you know LGBTQI plus I'm not sure if I'm getting my alphabet uh, 100% there so uh, I thought, you know, this is the ideal opportunity for us to have a conversation. And there's some pertinent questions that we need to explore. What do you say, Sheikh? Yes, it is a long time coming and I must apologize. You've invited me a few times and, you know, our schedules just never aligned up. You're very busy and uh, Alhamdulillah, I try to keep busy. And, um, yeah, you know, this topic... Um, as a, is, is something that has, has, has you know come up and is something which uh, is, is topical in our community I believe there's some social media uh, uh, activity around as well and I think and I, I think I speak for both of us in that we don't necessarily take on controversial topics to be controversial no. or to create controversy you know we don't want to talk about something that's going to cause a, 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 a fight to a fitna but if it's out there then of course it's our responsibility as 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 we try to be imams to to give some guidance to our community otherwise the conversation is just open open ended and there's no direction in that conversation and so um, you know maybe in terms of a, a background into why we are talking about this topic and um, there is a course tomorrow inshallah which is really a confined safe space um, and i think that is how we have these conversations the education is not meant to happen on social media on platforms um, I don't even think the the, the Juma uh, Mimbar is a place mm. to enter into those kind of uh, because it's only one sided when no. it's from a Mimbar. But I think the real discussion, the value is where you can sit down and have an interaction. And so we're having a workshop, and I think Puranal, um, the Masjid, um, you know, they they like having the sort of the workshop uh, format where mm. you know you know it's not a course. You have a very small number of people, like maximum twenty, and we have a, a back and forth. And so inshallah, this is our first. Uh, uh, venture into this area in this discussion ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for, the, for success I, I mean. Ameen Ameen ya Rabbi Allah accept Sheikh so let's just put it out Ameen. there um, we spoke about this before and we said look let's just deal with some questions and we'll explore the, the topics together so uh, we've got about 30 mm-hmm. minutes together inshallah so the three questions we're looking at today is number one what does Islam say is it nature or nurture right and does that even matter number two do Muslims hate the LGBTQI plus community? Should they all just disappear? Mm. Number three, how should we interact with them? Can we be friends? Would we be condoning their lifestyle? Now, 
<laughs> when I sent these questions to Sheikh earlier on, we, we both acknowledge the fact that these are not easy questions. These are very challenging questions, mm. not only because the answers themselves are challenging to come by, but also the conversation is a tough one. And uh, yeah. hopefully, inshallah, we can focus on the conversation uh, throughout and, and benefit each other and ourselves and the community uh, through this, inshallah ta'ala. Yeah, so, subhanAllah, yes, when those you? questions came through, when those questions came through, they were, uh, I said, you know, Sheikh, I'm rethinking my, uh, you know, coming onto the platform <laughs> because those are, are, are really, but I mean, it speaks to the, the reality. I mean, it's it's the questions that, you know, everyone on the ground, you know, you ask those questions and people need need guidance on that. And I think, again, just as, a, as an introductory note, alhamdulillah, we live in a, in a very inclusive society, a very open society, tolerant society. I mean, we are a tiny minority that we have the full freedom to express our faith, to build our massage, to dress. I mean, women can come not only in hijab, but with niqab if they want to. Um, I work at, a, at a, you know, in a corporate world and mm. many Fridays I walk in with my thobe and my and I'm sitting in board meetings and, and no one even looks at you twice. And when no. you say, look, I need to go for Jumu'ah. There's no questions about it. And so, alhamdulillah, we live in a society that is tolerant. And so, with that, of course, comes other lifestyles and other beliefs. And as Muslims, we need to we ask ourselves, how do we engage? How do we interact? Uh, um, where there is a, a difference between uh, you know, our, our beliefs and, and our neighbors and our friends and colleagues. And so, I think it's important to acknowledge that. I think that the, the question that, um, you know, speaking to, remember that, 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 long um, list of letters lgbtq right so i think the questions were all more focused on the the, the homosexual part of it um, mm. all the questions that were, were were listed those three questions haven't really touched on gender and i think no. the the ti is more around the gender side of things and so i think if we exclude that discussion for another day um that's fine so just in terms of of of, of homosexuality um the question was is it nature or nurture uh, and does it matter I think that from a scientific perspective, um, the jury is still out. Um, you know, the researchers are still uh, studying it, and 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 we let science uh, uh, do its thing. Um, no. If you know, you know, if 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 there is some kind of gene that codes for sexuality and it's discovered, then you know, so be it. From an Islamic perspective, we of course believe that you are born uh, uh, in a state of fitra, which is which is which is inclined to Allah, but at the same time, Allah has created us uh, with. Um, a, 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 a higher self and a lower self. Okay. You find this in Surah Shams, where Allah speaks about uh, the nafs um, can go either way. Mm. And everyone has the capacity for, for good, evil, right, wrong. And no one is completely evil and no one is perfect. In fact, um, the angels asked this, mm. would you create a creation who's going to shed blood and create mischief? Because they understood in man's intrinsic nature, he can do harm. And then, of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you know, showed them that man can also aspire to be the best of creation. Right. So within every single person uh, 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 and no one group and no one, uh, uh, you know, segment of society needs to be looked at and saying, you guys are, are sinners or evil. we are all evil. In fact, the hadith, kullukum that all of you are, are sinners. Every single, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner. Um, but the best of us are those who, who repent, acknowledge our sins and, and go back to Allah. So I really think the the, the last part of the question is, 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 the, the answer, is it really relevant? It doesn't matter at the end of the day whether we were born in a certain way, whether these feelings have become acquired over time. Mm. The Sharia has given us clear guidelines of what we can and can't do. So let's take hunger, for example. Right. We're all born with a natural you know, desire to eat. No. Okay, And the Sharia acknowledges this, you need to eat. But it also told you that you can eat, 
these things and you can't eat those things. Mm. That this is halal, that is haram. And it's given you the, the being hungry in itself is not a bad thing. And and if we go on to like, and, and, and Islam has this very uh, progressive, I use the word, I mean, that word is a controversial word in itself, but a very mature look, for example, at, at, at six. And it says, look, it's a natural human thing. It's a, in fact, it's a good thing. And a lot of positives come in mean, our survival as a human species it depends on that urge. And Allah put that urge in, in us. We shouldn't fight it. We shouldn't go against it. But it all, all the Sharia, of course, gave guidelines as to how to exercise that urge in a correct, responsible manner. And Allah being the Khalik, the creator, he knows what is best for us. And that is what it means to be a Muslim. We submit to those regulations. Right. The urges are there, but I conform to what the Sharia says. And so I think the answer to that is it doesn't matter. We need to, whatever you feel, is, is, is you won't be held accountable. But how you act upon those feelings needs to be in line with the Sharia. No, that's a, it's very well put. Uh, I'm just thinking, you know, you use the example of somebody feeling hunger and then wanting to fulfill that hunger. So the Sharia does not come and curtail the hunger per se, but rather guides the hunger to divine fulfillment if i can use that mm. divinely guided fulfillment would be more accurate so similarly yes. if somebody if somebody expresses and says you know what i feel like i was born gay and and therefore god created me this way how can he then make uh something that he made uh, an abomination right mm. so the way i understand it is that look i wasn't born gay at least I don't feel like I was born gay. And I also have desire. And my desire may also be haram. I may desire yes. to have orgies. I may desire to, to be into bestiality or pedophilia. Or I may desire, um, what's this thing called? Animalism or something of that sort. Bestiality. I may desire all of these things. The difference would be society has somewhat adapted and adopted the person of the homosexual uh, inclination as somewhat adopted their way of life and found a normalization of it, whereas my urges have not yet. And I'm saying yet because Allah alone knows where we're headed. So mm. I am compelled by the Sharia to control my urges and still curtail my unlawful desire and practice on my lawful desire. And in my suppression of that which is unlawful lies my reward with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I just think it's a very important message that, you know, uh, some might look at it as oppressive from, his, from an Islamic perspective. If God created people this way, then why? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates what he wants, demands what he wants, prohibits what he wants. So what's your take on somebody who says that, well... You know, your sexuality, as you rightfully put, is something that's so innate, it's so part of you, it's part of the species and the survival of our species. How can we then accept that God suppresses who I am as a person if I feel that this is my identity? You know, what, what do you think about that? Yes, a, 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 lot, of, a lot of things uh, to unpack in, in, in that question. Hmm. And... Uh, you know, following on from what you mentioned, we all have desires. I mean, we are married, but, and there are so many beautiful women out there, and 
you, you know, you could easily, uh, uh, um, you know, desire that which is haram. I mean, all of us actually do. I mean, it's, 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 it's I don't think anybody uh, is free of having any desire that is, that you'd want to go beyond the bounds of what is permissible, but it'll be wrong. It is un-Islamic hmm. uh, from a Sharia perspective. And of course, morality, which is maybe a bigger discussion um, in terms of what society deems right and wrong. You would, I mean, society would, would, would condemn me if mm. I were to engage in, a, in an extramarital affair, Allah protect us, mm. um, and say, like, even if I say, well, we're consenting adults, uh, it's yeah. love, it's how I feel, I'm, you know, I can't stop thinking about this woman, um, you might be sympathetic. God, to God created love. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 but everyone would agree that that is uh, unacceptable mm. behavior. So um, then when, when we talk about our identity, and I think it's only in, in modern times that, um, you know, your sexual orientation or your sexual preferences has sort of become a, a part of your identity. And I mean, so, so why, why, why are we only identifying people of, of that orientation uh, to, to ide uh, those sexual preferences to, to be your, your identity? What if I'm like really into brunettes, you know, blondes? Do, I, do we not have a, a specific category, you know, the guys who are into blondes or the, you know, you're into older women or younger, whatever it might be. So, uh, you know, if, if, if we were to take sexual preferences um, mm. as a defining factor in terms of who I am, then that should be across the board. Mm. And so I understand that. Uh, uh, so that that is the premise is, look, my sexual orientation defines who I am. Mm. And so if you sort of limit or condemn my sexual orientation, if it's haram, then I am. Mm. Islam doesn't say that. Islam says that you are a lot more. Um, uh, and I think this will play a lot further down the line when we talk about judgment. And, you know, this is one aspect of a human being, you yeah. know, your sexual orientation. And uh, um, that is not your defining characteristic. Also, the point is, look, if we do come about, uh, there is a gene that codes for sexual orientation. Now, someone might be very fair and say, well, Allah created me with the gene that made me this way. It's in my DNA. And mm. And then I'm, it's made haram. It's it's really unfair. Now, what about people who are born blind? Mm. People that are born disabled. People that are born, you know, Allah chooses certain things. And yes, from our perspective, it's unfair. But we, of course, believe that there is divine judgment, divine justice, divine mercy. And everything will be played off in the akhirah. Whatever, yeah. you, whatever knock you take in the dunya, your belief is that in the akhirah, there is a payoff. Mm. And so... I think that is, and, and we get these questions all the time. I mean, as, as an imam, people always ask you, why did Allah then, you know, take my father? Why did Allah, you know, cause me to to, to get into this accident? And mm. well, what answer can you give other than that is the qadr? Part of our belief is we submit to Allah's planning is greater than mine, but we still believe in his love, his justice, his mercy. Mm. Subhanallah. Sheikh, I must say, your level of professionalism, the way you handle that, with uh, the child coming in and running across, you just played it smooth. You just carried on. It's like, mashallah, this this is a no, this is a seasoned seasoned podcaster. <laughs> no, subhanallah. No, subhanallah. The kids, you know, they. Uh, I, I am in in this space. My my, I've moved houses, subhanallah. Um, okay, I must, I I must also mention that. I just it's my first weekend in, in in a new house. Mashallah. And my little area that is to be my study, inshallah, Amen. is still uh, uh, being unpacked and set up. And so, so I'm in this space really. So. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, you, you're swimming out there and, and the shark nibbles you. Remember, you and his right, uh, right, space right, will right. protect you. <laughs> you know, and, and then as a comment to what, what you mentioned, I heard an interesting example. I don't know what you make of it. I, I found it interesting. It's, it's somewhat, you know, not obvious <coughs> to relate this to what we are speaking about, but... Uh, I can't, re I can't recall where I heard this, but somebody said that, you know, Allah 
creates men uncircumcised and then commands them to circumcise. And Allah creates us with pubic hair and then the sunnah teaches us to remove the pubic hair. So the argument that look, just because something is, is natural, right? Just because something is of nature doesn't necessarily mean that automatically it must be accepted as something uh, good, you know, or something that is desired or something that is justified, you know? So I, I just found that a bit interesting. <laughs> I don't know what people will make of very, that. Very good. No, it's a very beautiful, I mean, you never think of, I mean, I never thought of it like that. And and, and we just take it, you know, with baby born and you soon have the baby and no. that is it. And, 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 and I think it goes back to, and, uh, and then I think this, these discussions, the, the <clears throat> beginning part is, you know, if you accept that there is a higher authority mm. and a higher, uh, uh, um, an all-knowing, all-merciful creator, no. then at the end of the day, you submit. And what, what Islam really means is we submit to that higher thinking, that higher power, that higher knowledge, that it does not make sense to me. And I mean, that very famous statement of Sayyidina Ali, where he said, if, if knowledge was purely based on my opinion, I would make musk at the bottom of the khuf, not the top. Mm. But because this is what the Sharia says, and so the Sharia knows better. Mm. Allah knows better. And so, um, yeah, exactly. Allah subhanahu wa created us created us a certain way. Um, and, and I think I mean, that's a very important statement. I just want to translate that for those who perhaps uh, are not familiar with the terms. So Sayyidina Ali was actually referring to the wiping of the leather sock, or not necessarily yeah. leather sock, but the wiping of the socks. So he, he said that if Dean was based on opinion, it would have made more sense to wipe the sock from below, obviously because you walk on the on, on the soles of your mm. feet. But he said, but I saw the Prophet wiping the sock from above, which is a very relevant statement because I find that today, you know, with notions flying around, like everyone is entitled to his own opinion and freedom of speech and so on. And we, we all of a sudden think that those rules, those cliches must by necessity apply to Islam as well, you know? Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. And in fact, you know, um, so... In, in, in the age we live in, it isn't even based on, and I mean, I don't want to get into one controversial topic to another. You look at the vaccine, for example. It's not yes, even I based know. anymore on 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 um, science or, or logic. You know, so if we even to put a, a religion out of the picture and just science and logic, we're based on those factual things. Today, it's based on emotion. What I feel is right, is right. What I feel is good, is good. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's right for me. And, and and Islam doesn't obviously accept that, 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 that that kind of philosophy, what is right is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has, has decreed to be right and we fall in line with that and that's what submission submission is. I give, and speaking to this another topic, say a, a person who's a drug addict becomes mm. Muslim, you know, um, or an alcoholic, you know, and he becomes Muslim and he says, look, it's very difficult for me to stop. Can I get an exemption from it? I mean, I have a chemical dependency. Mm. It doesn't make it less haram. We can sympathize with him, of course. We can... You know, and that, that comes afterwards and say, look, how do we wean you off it and the steps that we take? But up front, it is as haram for you as it is for me that has never, you know, uh, taken it. But of course, Allah's mercy then comes in afterwards. And I think that will also come into play when we get into that discussion of interaction and engagement. Now, so in summary, uh, firstly, we don't actually know. Science is not really proven beyond the shadow of a doubt whether it's nature or nurture. But in essence, yes. as far as Muslims are concerned, it doesn't actually matter. Because Allah's, yes, Allah's no. law triumphs, even if it is nature. Right? Okay. Taib. Yes, absolutely. And then um, the second question, I think, is also a very important one. Because, I mean, I was raised in a way where sins were detested. Right? 
And I'm sure mm. others can relate. So you see Khamer and you told things like, you know, sis, haram, astaghfirullah. And even my daughter now, subhanAllah, she will come to me and say things like, daddy, we don't eat pig, pig is haram, you know, because we kind of just program our our kids in that way. And it's it's not done, you know, with the intention of causing hatred towards people, but rather hatred towards the sin. So I, th- I suppose it's a bit less so with regards to homosexuality, but I recall a time where it was somewhat... Uh, it was it was a taboo subject, not only for Muslims but for others as well. You know that uh, people who who are openly homosexual are they were called queer, they were called weird, they were called uh, various things. Okay, uh, I'm mm. not saying whether that's right or wrong. So the question is: Does Islam, as a religion, does sacred law, demand that we hate people who profess to be from the LGBTQI plus community? And do so we wish I, that they would I, disappear off the face of the earth or so? No, so I can I can emphatically say, I mean, I think this is one of the easier answers in that Islam does not hate um I think any person. Mm. And 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 when we we, we so I think when we talk about this issue, we sort of lose all framework and reference. And we say, well, in the Quran speaks to a lot of people that commit a lot of different sins, and shirk is of course number one. Mm. Um so no matter how bad you feel. Uh, 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 this person is who's living a certain lifestyle it does not trump shirk hmm. and yet Allah talks about how we engage with people of different you know different faiths and you know even uh, caring for them loving them and 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 wanting to wanting what's best for them no. and so I don't understand why we forget all of those things when it comes to to this topic and then we almost like have an extra amount of you know hatred and resentment which leads us to cause injustice Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in, the, in in this ayah um, in Surah Ma'ida, um, that also do not let your hatred of others, uh, or let not the hatred of others to you make you swerve to do wrong and you, you depart from justice. So, yes, we will have, we will find instances where, you know, we would uh, disagree with a certain group of people and, and with a certain lifestyle, even other faiths. Allah says we should not go to the level of committing uh, um, injustice upon someone else. And, and injustice means depriving them of their rights. We don't hate any any group of people. We can say we disagree with a certain uh, sin. We disagree with a certain uh, a practice. And part of our, you know, love for that person. Is, is is wishing them uh, uh, to live a better lifestyle, and that's why we have the concept of dawa. If if you know shirk being the worst sin, if we said, well, the worst thing you could possibly do is commit shirk, we hate all the mushrikeen, then you know we and we wish them all to disappear. Then there'd be no purpose in dawa. Mm-hmm. There'd be no purpose in calling them, inviting them, uh, um, having dialogues with them, and and. You know, we lose all reference points when we talk about homosexuality, I, I, and I don't understand why. Mm. Because you have people that commit other kind of sins, and yeah. you treat them differently. You treat, you, you know, as you treat the drug addict different, you treat the mushrik different, you treat even the, the zani, who's, who's, you know, even the person zani, who's zina, yes. you know, that person Absolutely. is somehow morally higher than the person who commits homosexual Absolutely. zina, you know. Yeah, it's exactly, funny. exactly, and 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 it's sort of we. You know, everyone has a chance of redemption, but when it comes to this sin, hmm. there's no, you know, you're you like, you know, you're cursed, cursed and, and yeah. you're That's outside of the mercy of you, you're outside of the mercy of Allah. Hmm. Now, no one has the right to say that in a very famous hadith when the Nabi was struck in the yes, face yes. Um, in the battle of Uhud, and then he said, How would Allah ever have mercy, forgive a people 
that you know stuck to the face of a prophet. And what was his response? Allah's response in the Quran Allah says, Laysa la, Laysa la amri shay. you have no right, O Muhammad to say this. I mean, this is killing a prophet almost, mm. you know, and, and Allah says, You don't have the right to say we sort of outside of my my mercy. And so um I, again, Alhamdulillah, we can say very clearly we don't hate anybody, uh, any group of people. And uh, um, we might disagree on certain areas and we discuss. And definitely not, we don't want to sort of wipe the earth away. Uh, and, and that's very important because you have, uh, if we don't have these discussions, you might find people committing acts of violence. Mm. You might have people, and we don't, no one wants to see that. Um, we don't want to even see people being, uh, uh, you know, belittled or made fun of. You mentioned certain terminology. Allah says in the Quran, do not insult the idols which they worship. Mm. I mean, this is again shirk, which is worse. Yet you find words like, you know, whatever words, I don't want to repeat them. Mm. It's all haram. You sh we shouldn't be doing any of those things. No. Uh, subhanallah. I just, I'm thinking about two things. The one is, you know, the notion that you are not held responsible for the feelings that you may have, right? Uh, mm. If you say, I'm, I, you know, I get these these urges for whatever haram, Allah protect us. That yeah. is beyond your control. As long as you don't entertain those urges, and you don't fantasize about those urges and pursue those urges. And mm. the moment you do, even if you don't act on them, but you just fantasize about them, you you entertain them, you you sort of nurture those urges, that makes you guilty. Mm. You're not you're not guilty for that which you have no control over, but that which you do have control over. لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا وسعها لها ما كسبت وعليها ما اكتسبت. Allah does not burden the soul except with what it can bear. For it is what it had earned, and against it is what it had earned. So, interestingly, in, in a previous discussion on this topic, somebody sort of misconstrued something that I said. Well, technically they were correct. So, their focus point was just in the wrong area. So, they focused on the fact that I said, it's not haram to feel a certain way. And what I meant thereby was that a hukam, like something being haram, a hukum can yeah. only apply to a fi'al, to an action, to an act. A thing cannot be haram, if you, if you want to be technical about something, right? Mm -hmm. So it's drinking khamr that's haram, for example. Yes. Khamr yes. in and of itself may be najasa, etc., etc., but a thing cannot take a, a, a hukum shar'i, a hukum taklifi shar'i. I'm not going to translate all yeah. this jargon, but basically it cannot take a legal ruling in Islamic law. It's, it's the act. So this person was mm. like saying, you know what? So it's fine that I'm that I'm that I'm gay, right? Because I feel that way as long as I don't act on it. But that's not that's not at all what we're saying. Because by accepting that as your identity and and um, fantasizing about it and and looking at that as look, this is a norm. This is this is just me, and I'm just going to accept this as being me, which is you know mm. what the modern world kind of pushes. That in and of itself is an act. That's that's yes. That's resembling, mm. uh, deliberately resembling a people. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala Alam. Mm. So that's the one point. And then the other point that I'm sorry to take you so so far back, but the other point mm. that I wanted to latch onto um, was about this issue of hating others. Right. Mm. Um, it's a bit of a side point, but I think it's important. Is that often when we develop a sense of self-righteousness, right? Yeah. Then 
not only do we focus on our righteousness and developing that righteousness, that love actually also then breeds contempt for the other, those mm. who are not where yeah. we are. And this is, you know, there are many concepts that, that are derived from this. It's a very sad but uh, a very sad but real, you know, phenomenon. So you have this this uh, concept of uh, wala and bara, right? In in various mm. avenues, we find it in our communities. We find it in uh, sects, different sectarian uh, groupings, and so on. It's a sad, but it's a it's a real phenomenon. So when we believe that because they the the other right they are perpetrating this horrible heinous crime somehow we put them in one camp ignore every crime that we perpetrate put ourselves in the righteous group and then develop a sense of hatred towards the other instead of mm-hmm. developing this type of love that the prophet sallam had that actually attracted others towards mm-hmm. islam right now we find people who are sort of in the closet and they they kind of hate listening to Islamic lectures. They hate listening to uh, anything related to da'wah <coughs> because in that process, they are going to be the shaitan. They are going to be the, the enemy, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, and I think that's, that's it's a very important point that you know Islam does not... We, we, we're not even asked or requested, as far as I know, to curse in Islam. Like People often ask, you know, should we curse shaitan? Should we curse this one? Should we curse that one? While it's not impermissible, I don't see that as a practice of the Prophet to go about cursing people left, right, and center. That just mm. it just wasn't what he did, mm. right? So, Chef, so we're saying that, um, yeah, the question was around um, belittling and cursing, and you know, it's not part of the prophetic sunnah, and it isn't. You know, you won't find the Nabi Sallam cursing yes, any, you know, Sallam calling names or calling uh, someone, you know, a donkey or something like that. SubhanAllah, you find ulama calling Allah protect us. <coughs> but you find in the Quran, when Allah speaks, says to Nabi Musa alayhi salam, you go speak to Fir'aun. Now, there is no one worse than Fir'aun. I don't, I, there's no person on earth today that is worse than Fir'aun. Mm-hmm. No matter who you think um, is such a bad person, your mother-in-law, whatever it is, <laughs> no one is, <laughs> no one is Fir'aun. Mm-hmm. And there's no one on earth today that is more righteous in Nabi Musa on mm. earth today. And yet Allah says to Nabi Musa, السلام, when you speak to Fir'aun, a man who said, I am your Lord, worship me, say, speak to him, speak to him softly, respectfully, nicely. Perhaps he will, he will uh, reflect. Now, if Fir'aun gets that, that uh, uh, level of, of, of you know, uh, decency, then surely every other human being deserves it. And and, and I think we, you know, you find the slogan being said, you have no right to judge me. It is mm. true. No one has the right to judge another person. Saying something is haram. It's not we judging you. Mm. You know, um, you know, it's like me. It's like you asking me, what is the speed limit on the N1? I say, look, it's 120. Doesn't mean I don't break the speed mm. limit sometimes when I go to Palma or protect us. But that is what it is. That's just the reality. This is, you know, uh, 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 the law. We do not have the right yes, to judge someone and say, look, if you live a certain lifestyle, you commit certain sins, then you are such a bad person. That is Allah's prerogative on the day of Qiyamah. Mm. We can say that this sin, um, this is this is a sinful action. It has an implication with Allah that it could be punishable. No. And similarly, you are doing good things, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah knows the good that you do and the person that you are. And he, that's why he will judge. Similarly, I might be committing a far bigger sin. You know, I could be doing something so much worse, so I have no right to to judge anyone. But of course, it doesn't. It I think sometimes when we 
we should not have judgment in the discussion. We're talking about what is the right and the wrong from a Sharia perspective. And, <clears throat> and I got a message from someone um, that basically said, I'm a Muslim. And I am uh, not only, uh, I don't only have homosexual feelings, but I'm actually living the lifestyle. Can I still be a Muslim? Can I still be, I still believe in Allah, I still believe in the Sharia. Can I still get closer to Allah? Because no one is assisting me. Now look, we all need someone to help us get mm. closer to Allah. And of course, someone says, yes, of course. Mm. You know, um, it's like any, all of us are sinners. We mm. all do sin. And then we feel, look, I want to be better. I want to get back to Allah. Mm. Is, there, is there a way for me? And yes, there is. Mm. Like I've, I've been shocked before, you know, having been involved in da'wah, walillahi uh, alhamd, I've, I've, I've been witness to situations where you see self-righteousness and the danger of self-righteousness. We, yeah. general, you know, public members would turn people away from Islam simply because they believe, yeah. no, they're not ready yet. <laughs> like I heard a lady bring another lady to come and take shahada. Alhamdulillah, the lady took a shahada. <coughs> But then she said something that she was very proud of. She said, this lady actually came to me 10 years ago to take shahada. And then I sent her away. I told her, no, no, no. You first need to go and do this. And I don't know what she had to do. So I was thinking to myself, wow, subhanAllah, we are so angelic and amazing. You know, we perfect, you know, perfectly practicing believers that we can decide who's right yeah. and who's wrong. But you know what? As you were speaking there, Sheikh, I thought of a brilliant, well, I don't know if it's brilliant. <laughs> to me, it's brilliant. I thought of an idea uh, for the book. I'm thinking, you know, uh, common, common modern misconceptions about Islam and interpreting Islam. Absolutely. Like these, these, that's one, you know, like, oh, don't judge me. Who are you to judge me? That, that's a big misconception. Uh, everybody's entitled yes. to their own opinion. These are all things that really need to be tackled because they, they are recurring. They don't just happen in mm. one instance. They happen in every issue of conflict, wherever people find themselves personally affected by yeah. something that Sharia mm. speaks about. Then all of a sudden they believe, you know what, I too can have... Uh, a view on that and Allah knows best you, yes it's a crazy time she. crazy time yeah so, and and you know it's it's um you know as as you said that you know the the it comes down to education upon what islam is and being a muslim and you know you can have your opinion you can ask and you can you can even go to the point and saying i i don't fully understand the wisdom i mean the angels did that when i asked allah mm. why are you creating inside i don't i don't get the logic here so that's all permissible to ask, but once it's been clarified, you know, you either choose to, you know, accept it and say, look, this is the truth, and that's what it means to be a Muslim. Um, at the same time, we, you know, we don't push people um, away from, you know, put them in a position where they need to renounce Islam. So I know for you know, an example, um, you know, you find very common a, a Muslim woman wanting to marry a non-Muslim man, and we say, look, it's haram. It's, there's no way... No matter how much you love him, no matter how good he is as a person, the law is the law. I don't make the law. There isn't. Allah makes the law. And then, you know, you get into the debates and <clears throat> eventually someone says, but I but I love this man too much. I can't I can't stay away. I'm, I, I'm going to live with him. Then you'd find the person goes to the next level and say, well, then you're, not, then you're a murtah. Then you've rejected Islam. Don't ever do that. Mm. Don't ever push them away. But rather say, that, look, what you're doing is haram. I can't condone it um, because you're breaking, breaking the, the laws of the Sharia. But stay a Muslim, you know, continue coming to the masjid, continue learning. And what we then need to do is try to bring the love for Allah in that person's heart to the point where they say, you know what, I, I can't live this lifestyle knowing that it displeases Allah. I, I would rather please Allah. And I mean, like the Sahaba, when Khamar was made haram, they threw it out because 
they knew that this is what Allah subhanahu no, wa ta'ala wanted. They were at that and, point. And, and, and they were at that point. Mm. And I think we forget that kind of discussion. We we have not put Allah in the hearts of our of ourselves, our kids, and just gave a list of don't do these things. Mm. And 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 if you don't do it, then you 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 either a bad Muslim or bad person, or not even a Muslim at all. And you so find Muslims who Muslims who are not uh, Allah protect and you know cover our faults and our sins, but there are Muslims who, who don't perform salah but are ready yes. to give out death penalties for homosexuality. Subhanallah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Sheikh, not to labor the point, but this one is of particular interest to me because I find that it affects not only ourselves. Look, I've spoken to students of Deen who don't really know how to deal with this issue. I mean, it's totally understandable. Adults have um, have really reached out and have said, you know what, just help us, just what do we do, okay? But I think those most severely affected are our youth because yeah. in our schools from the very bottom till, you know, throughout the education system, in fact, this... Um, dispensation lgbtq community it has really become normalized it's become yeah. something that you know if you don't support it then you are draconic and you are oppressive yeah. you are like a racist it's like the same thing yeah. you know yes, homophobic yes, yes. racist one in the same thing so our kids their sex education i mean we've always had a problem as muslims with sex education in schools but it's now become, it's become very, very problematic, yeah. you know, with this. So how do we respond? How do we interact? Do we forbid our kids from being friends with, you know, with other kids who, who claim to be of this orientation? Do we protest at schools, at work? Mm. I know this is a very broad question and I don't expect you to answer all of them. I mean, it, it requires conversations. But we have a colleague at work, you know, who's openly yeah. gay, openly lesbian, etc. Yeah. <clears throat> the person greets you in the morning. Assalamu alaikum, ufa, you know, uh, wants to shake your hand. Should you walk away from that person? Should you spit in their faces? Should you shun them? Um, you have a neighbor and the neighbor sends you some uh, um, Ramadan treats at, at Bukha time, you know. Yeah. Should you not eat their food, even though they, they, they profess to be Muslim, but you know that you suspect them or they openly practice homosexuality? You no, know, that's the type of, of, of yeah. level of interaction we're talking about. What can you say? What, how do, where do we start with this? I think, uh, again, it's a very broad question. It speaks questions about parenting, about, um, you know, do we isolate, do we assimilate to a degree? But I think, again, taking this, uh, uh, um, you know, this specific question to a far broader uh, look at you know how do we live engage with sinners and we sinners and um, in, in the Quran Allah speaks about you know the mushrikeen Allah spoke in Surah Nisa ayah number one one forty Allah says um, uh, that the ayat of Allah uh, that they uh, make you kafaru biha they you know make they they disbelieve in it and they start you know, belittling the Quran and insulting the Quran and they swing at the Quran, then Allah says, then do not sit with them while they are doing that until they are finished with that and they speak about something else. And I think this is sort of a general a general rule. So my friend who is a Muslim, he makes salah, but he smokes weed. You know, my friend who is does a lot of, you know, good, but he's got a mistress on the side. Hmm. Um, to what level do I engage with him or do I turn away from him? So the 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 
the defining line is that when they are doing the sin, you do not participate in that sin. Mm. You don't partake in it. So when they are doing something that is good, that is, uh, you know, commendable, you, part, you, can, you can engage with them in that. And I mean, uh, um, again, we, we, we understand this. We understand this when we deal with, you know, non-Muslim colleagues, non-Muslim friends that look, mm. we, can, we, can, we can easily engage and interact. But the minute you do your religious activity, then, you know, we stand to one side and, and, and that, that, that's, that, that's you. Um, and, and I think similarly, that's how we should, uh, uh, you know, broadly speaking. Obviously, with kids, where they are forming their own opinions and they're still l learning, mm. then obviously the tarbiya comes in. And we obviously want the best influences for our kids. So we obviously want, want kids, uh, our kids to have um, influences that, you know, if, if they are, you know, just take studies, for example, you have the kids at the back of the class who are not working and doing, and right in front you have, you know, teacher's pet. You just want your kids to engage with those uh, uh, circles that will, will have a positive impact on them. But the real uh, uh, learning happens at home and having like the, the workshop tomorrow. I mm. think, you know, um, you must, you must level with them and say, look, this is what the Sharia says. Why does the Sharia say that? And that is the only way you can, if you want to say use the word, protect your kids in a society that we live in. You can't hide them anymore. You can't put them in a, in a room. I mean, they would be online and engaging with whoever they want. And today it's this, tomorrow it's something else and it's just going to snow. Mm. So you have to get that baseline morality, that baseline Islam in them and say, look, this is your compass. Eventually, I'm going to leave you and you're going to be all alone in the big ocean, but you must just make sure you align with the Quran and the Sunnah and you will, won't go astray. But if they don't even trust the compass, if they say, look, this compass, is, mm. this mm. GPS, mm. it's pointing me in that direction, but mm. I, I don't trust it, mm. then obviously they're going to they're gonna get lost. So we need to get them, you know, to, to, to align with the Quran and, 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 and the Sunnah to believe surely this is the right thing, irrespective of what I believe or my friends say. And then, of course, when they become adults, they need to, uh, 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 you know, of course, live those 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 principles. And we should all do it, subhanAllah. We all fall off the mark. And then when you're engaging with broader society, and part of that discussion is, so look, Allah also mentions where you have parents or mushrikeen, that look, you need to give them their due rights as parents. You still need to respect them and mm. honor them. Even if they, you jahada, they, they are fighting you to become a non-Muslim, mm. you don't obey them in that but you still treat them with that respect and dignity as a mother and father. The same with your, your neighbor. Your neighbor has your, the rights upon you. It doesn't say your Muslim neighbor, your tajud-making neighbor, mm. that you mustn't annoy. So even if it is your, you know, your neighbor that is going to be drunk you know, the, whole, the whole festive season, he's still your neighbor. You still can't harm him, abuse him. Um, similarly with your employees, your customers, your co-workers, your colleagues at school, the, their rights must be protected irrespective of what they do. But yes, there is a, a level, I'd say familiarity level where that sin is being interacted. You cannot participate in that. And you, mm. you should show that I don't condone that. that and it That's must a very, very important clear. one, yeah. That's that, a very important one. You know, so, I mean, so, so, sorry to cut yeah. in, but Go sometimes ahead, people are actually required. <coughs> I mean, sports, sports personalities, sports teams. Yes. Sometimes people are required to, to, to show that they are supportive by uh, the gay pride flag or the colors, mm. whatever the case may be. Um, and, yeah. and that, you know, Muslims should know that this is not on, you know. It's not just a symbol of love and we all together. And No, um, yeah. we, can, we, can, we can greet you. We can respect you as human beings. We can treat you well with yeah. dignity, right? But don't expect us to support your way of life. I mean, it goes against our way of life. At least give us Absolutely. the right to, to be who we are if you want us to, to you know, respect you for who you are. 
um, we, we will respect you as humans, but your way of life, unfortunately, is not congruent with what our... Or, the, or that aspect of their way of life. That specific that aspect, aspect of, yeah. That, that aspect of that way of life. Absolutely. And I think uh, a good example, I mean, is, is just like a modern example, is sort of like Hashim Amla. Hmm. You know, he played with his, his teammates, hmm. um, um, but it was very clear, I'm, I'm against alcohol, and everyone knew that. They, hmm. they respect that if they were spraying each other, he would stand to one side and, and you know, it wasn't required of him, you know, you need to participate. But, you know, even, I'm going to support Even so much as the, the, what you call yeah, it, the, the logo. logo. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah. do that. But no one would ever criticize him of not being a team player. Mm. That, you know, standing up and, and we're the team, we, you know, you know, he's part of the group with we, we, it counts. Mm. And I think that's what is very clear that, you know, you can still count on me. Um, Although in know, this case, you shouldn't uh, be a team player at all. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, uh, you, in terms of like at work, no. you know, you, everyone will be very, you will know that irrespective of what the rest of the office is doing after hours, it does not take away from the fact that I will, you know, support my colleagues where it counts in terms of work with, in terms of you need me to, if you need me to stay Friday night to solve some problem, I'm there. But if you invite me to a party, I'm not going to attend that. So that to show, I don't shun you. Um, that aspect of your life, I can't condone it. it. It goes against my principles. And if you are doing that, I'm not, you know, um, we can have a conversation about it. You tell me how you feel, I'd say, well, I feel a certain way and it's in terms of my religion. But then, you know, if we disagree and we move on in terms of other areas of life. And I'm not going to go and, and stage a protest. I'm not going to go and, and insult you on Facebook. And I'm not going to, you know, I've, I've made it clear in terms of what my religion and my my models um requires of me and and i and, and and so respect me in that and mm. i think that is what's what's important absolutely subhanallah i think what i besides what we discussed an overarching principle that i that i take away from this is that once again it's absolutely critical for every muslim to improve their knowledge <coughs> we need to learn because mm. these these situations that we face currently, they are not new. They've been coming on for yeah. a while, at least a few mm. decades. Yeah. Now that things are sort of uh, spiraling out of control, now many people are looking for solutions. And most of the time, people want quick fixes. Just give me the one answer. Just give me the, the, the one fatwa, you know, the, the WhatsApp message that I can forward and make as my status, and then that's it. But don't ask me to learn fiqh don't ask me to understand the quran don't ask me to practice the sunnah that, that that's a bit too much so i would i would advise anybody who wants to see not just their own faith preserved but the faith of their progeny and the faith of the progeny's progeny yeah i if you want to see that if you want to stand in the day of qiyamah and meet your great 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 grandchildren at the gates of jannah and not see them going into I mean, jahannam I mean, may allah I mean. grant us all that then it's yeah. the onus is upon us now to increase in knowledge and pursue sacred knowledge so that we can protect ourselves and our progeny. And we learn this from our forefathers, Nabi Ibrahim wasalam, who would make dua not just for him and his son, himself and his son, but also for his progeny, right? And um, we we see the fruits of that now today. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us the, the understanding and the consciousness of that. I mean, uh, Shaykh, in that light, um, you're doing a very important uh, task with this workshop that you're running. Please uh, yep. shed some light on that for our viewers, inshallah. I'm, I'm hoping that this will be run tonight already because I didn't realize that it's actually tomorrow. So inshallah, we'll get this out in time and uh, people can at least know about the details. Bismillah. 
Shikran, uh, so it's like, look at, yes, so as you mentioned, Sheikh Daril, people ask, what is the answer to this big, big question? Um, what is relevant to, to, to you and me and, and, and our families? Learn and get edu educated, and you, it's, it, it's a disservice to say, don't speak about it, you know, because those questions, if you are not, if, you know, it's not coming from the ulama or the, the, the correct sources, you're going to be finding those, the, your kids, and this is to every parent out there, your kids have these questions. Every single child has these questions. And it's so they're being taught a certain, uh, from a certain uh, direct, uh, direction at school, Facebook, whatever it is, Islam, your, your religious authority needs to also give its input in that discussion. Hmm. So, and the best way to have th this education is in a, in a live sort of classroom format. So what we're doing is we're having a small group, 20 people maximum. There will be no links, so don't ask for a lot because we want you there mm. and we want to hear your opinions and your your views. It's a very few. Uh, it's happening at Purano uh, Center in in, in the Buka. Um, You know, we've got a couple of. Uh, it's it's between the ages of sixteen and twenty three because we don't want you know Auntie Aisha to be there and she dominates the whole discussion. And obviously, you can't have like a twelve year old and we're talking about you know very sexually explicit stuff. So it's mm. for adults, a uh, young adults. Um, if you if you'd like to participate, there are a few seats available. Um, you can contact me directly. Um, uh, 082-785-0032, and um, uh, we'll see you there tomorrow. And uh, you know, inshallah, there will be other sessions like this, um, uh, hopefully. But that is the best way, uh, as you said, Sheikh, that the education is is really the answer. You know, it it doesn't matter what you know, whether you have legislation, whether you have protests, whether you, whatever, all those things are secondary. The real requirement is actually sitting down and engaging with your kids and, and leveling with them and speaking. And, and you know what? If you're not equipped, that means you also need the education. Mm. You also need to be educated, uh, moms and dads. So, uh, inshallah, I hope to see uh, uh, um, you know, a turnout tomorrow and Allah grant us success. It will be the first of, of many. If possible, inshallah, hopefully we can address maybe this issue again. I mean, there's a lot to speak about. We, we, we barely scratched Absolutely. the surface. Uh, but inshallah, there, there are many other issues as well. And as I said earlier on, you know, when, when I addressed Sheikh Muhammad about this, it's not like we're sitting here believing that we have all the answers in the world and we're just going to teach everybody. Yeah. No, you know, this is, this, these are new, these are new challenges for us. You know, it may not mm -hmm. be new challenges for <coughs> the existence of humankind, but these are new challenges mm -hmm. in new times under new circumstances and they require uh, contextualization and uh, it's, it's it's just a deep, deep, deep rabbit hole. So I hope, inshallah, that you know at least the conversation has begun and you know thoughts have 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 really started to develop and questions because those questions now need answers and you now need to pursue the knowledge further. Sheikh Jazakumullah Khairan. Anything else from your side before we depart? No, Jazakumullah Khairan once again, Sheikh, and uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yes, uh, uh, just having the conversation is is very good. And I think, as you said, it's a start. It's not. Yeah. For us to give fatawa and i know it's a very very um emotional topic for a lot of people i don't think you have a you know everyone has a strong view on this and and i, I speak for both of us so we're not yet to condemn or offend anybody and that's not part we want to be inclusive in the discussion now, everyone is welcome in the discussion and you know we are here only to 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 speak uh you know from an islamic perspective and we want everyone to understand, you know, to whoever's out there listening to be participate in a respectful, dignified manner to be part of the conversation and the discussion. And I think that it's it's better for everyone, for our society. You know, we are all invested in one community and one what's best for everybody. So Jazakallah Khair Sheikh. And um, yeah, looking forward to the 
the next one. I mean, inshallah, all the best with the, the workshop. I mean, um, may I mean, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless khair and barakah. And may I mean, only goodness I mean. come forth from that. And may he bless you in all of your future endeavors, inshallah. Please keep I mean, well. I mean, Take care I of that cough, inshallah. And uh, I Allah make dua for us. Inshallah, it's just a cough, uh, nothing more than that. But uh, keep yeah. safe and even around the end of this uh, pandemic on the country. Farty, I mean, I mean. Jazakum Jazakum Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.